Welcome to the Big Black Lock Podcast. Yes. Oh, hi, Carl. How are you doing, Garrison? The last five minutes. Part, we're at part two now. Part two. Part, part two. two. Follow, oh, up, follow up. Follow part up. To, follow up to part one. Part two. So, Kevin, any news that you didn't have a chance to talk about last week? Yes. A couple of releases. We're still going to get into that. Yay or nays? Let's start with something very expensive. We have the Nay. H. Moser ALS Pioneer. Ba, 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 ba. I looked it up. Yeah. Meh. Meh? For me, yes. I, 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 I just... Pioneer? Yep. ALS Pioneer, H. Oops. Moser. And, and, Why not? Why? Go for it. So it's okay. I'm not a huge fan of H. Moser in general. And I don't know if this is a surprise to you guys. If you, you can, We can still be friends, I hope. <sighs> the, only li- the, only like, the only one I like is that new uh, integrated bracelet... Um, Streamliner. Streamliner. Mm-hmm. I, I don't the like the. I don't like the color choice. Yeah, I don't like those. Uh, um, f- Venta black <laughs> faded, uh, fume. like bright uh, fume. Yes, yeah. that's it. That's the fume, like green and Blue, just just yeah. not a fun. And they're expensive watches too. Yeah, talk about high I'm end. Just independent. not expensive. Just not <laughs> a fun. A, it's an expensive Seiko present. It feeds into our uh, look. It feeds into our um, into our like boutique micro brand. It is a connoisseur's brand. Yeah, it is. You you have to like it. I was interesting. I was at a. It was in Florida, and someone had traded in a very expensive. You know, uh, uh, how can you say stream uh, like a mainstream brand for H Moser? They love it. It's a there's, fan of. Yeah, look. There's nothing. Again, it's my own personal opinion. Uh, I just just did, that's design. And it's wrong. <laughs> Doesn't that's okay. S- doesn't stand that's out. That's all we're talking me. about. Yeah, it's it a lot of money for what it is. It's a if if it doesn't catch my let's say attention for some reason. Like the, the I don't like the choice of colors. Yours, Carl, your opinion, yay or nay? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of H Moser, uh, but I never took time to look into it either. So perhaps yeah. Like for example, and, and this is a good point you just made because I. Uh, Ming did not appeal to me immediately, but as soon as I started to you know read yeah. more and gradually grew on me quite a bit. So I'll, I'll go. I don't have enough information, I think, to have a it's get a guess or if it's a good or not watch. All good. We're going to the next one. What's We're next talking one? about a watch from India from the Bangalore Watch Company. We're talking about the new Aviator Steel. You can look it up. It's uh, well, that's the price. <laughs> look up the walk. Look up the Mach One. Yeah, the, the Mach yeah, One. Yeah, yeah. So you're looking at a watch. And there's different different uh, color choices, right, for yeah. that uh, watch? Yeah, exactly. And the Bangalore Watch Company has come out with um, a few uh, pretty, you know, nice watches the last few while. You're looking at Salida SW20, uh, 2000, uh, sorry, 220, 38-hour power reserve, 42-millimeter, 48-millimeter lug-to-lug, 11-millimeter thick, 22-millimeter lug-width, 100-millimeter water resistance. Can you name me another watch brand from India? Nope. They're not a. <laughs> India is, is not. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. No, but but, but this is the, the this point that I was trying to make is because India is not a particularly let's say known for watchmaking, that's and right. it is uh, quite interesting that uh, like a micro brand like this comes out from a country that's really not like in the watch uh, making business. Known for that, yeah. Uh, and I I really like the the watches and the, the color choices are pretty cool. Well, well received so far on yeah. the forums. A lot of people like the watches that um, that they're releasing. The um, it looks cool. I yeah. think it looks cool yeah. if you're looking for something a little bit different. And it um, supports the Indian uh, Air Force, right? Yep, it supports the actual uh, Air Force from India. Um, I don't know the conversion rate. Can someone tell me? If yeah, I looked it up. I think it was about seven hundred bucks. I think seven hundred bucks. That watch, yeah. Yeah. that's what I figured. Yeah, it's fifty-two thousand eight hundred and forty uh, rupees, right? Rupees. 
Uh, so, let me just double shekels. check. <laughs> just make sure that I'm not lying. So I'll just com- com- compare. It's funny. I, I work with this uh, very intelligent uh, 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 so lady. And she's she's uh, from India, and it's funny when she does the phonetic when she goes like A is in alpha, but she'll go like B is in Bangalore. <laughs> I'm like okay, and I, I jumped. I was like, that's great, and I was like, hey, you know, you said that. Oh, I go, it's funny because I do B as in Boris Yeltsin, <laughs> the first president of Russia. I just say better. Why you don't know this? Everybody knows this. This is common knowledge. B is in Boris Yeltsin. It's a goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> very well, specific yeah. <laughs> anyway um, so Bangalore a, watch company 700 bucks US about 924 Canadian I uh, I say yay a lot of fun uh, so do I I, I say yay I, I really like the different color combos especially the blue one the, yeah. the, the pastel blue they have is gorgeous they're trying they're trying yeah, yeah uh, uh, I really like it I, I, I don't know if it's me who love um, like aviator watches and field one but yeah. like when it goes like from 05 10 15 all the way to 60 and yeah. it's not a 1 to 12 I love those things. Yeah. So for me, it's a yay. It's a yay. Especially for that price. Very nice. Yeah. One thing I also also want to point out is that the crown is uh, quite original. Yeah. And it's it's like a turbine kind of style, right? It tapers down uh, towards the outside. Uh, Very cool. Very cool. They could have done something easier. And I think they did a lot of the. And uh, it's a cool, like a cool, I wouldn't call it an aviation watch, even though it's aviation, like. uh, Inspired. Inspired. But it's more of a feel. Like it, it makes me think of like Hamilton. Uh, khaki yeah. uh, lineup, right? Because it has that B dial, yeah. right? The, yeah. the B flieger dial. Yeah, very cool. I, Next uh, on the list, we got, uh, we talked a little bit about them before, the new Ming 2702. So that's their second and f- I think f- they had three batches go out this past week. Yeah, I think uh, the latest one was just sold out. Uh, immediately. <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> so this movement, if you look at the movement on this 2702, it is phenomenal. Um, I 100% agree. It's a total yay for me. This watch 5, is Swiss franc. super, super thin. It oh, is yeah. perfect as a dress watch, I find. Very unique. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm gonna say that wrong. I don't know if I'm right. Uh, is You're the, probably wrong. You're probably the wrong. ends yeah. are like Art Deco-ish. What would you say to me? Sure. Maybe. What right. the hell did you just Art call Deco? me? I don't. Art Deco was normally the. Uh, it's like um, think of like the old rectangle watches that have like those huge Roman numerals. That's very Art Deco. Okay. Cool. No, but, but I'm wrong. I think <laughs> I think I think you make a good point. Uh, I just googled Art Deco. Think of like, um, think of uh, Scott F, uh, Fitzgerald, right? The Great Scott Gatsby. Yeah. Think of uh, Rocker. Think of like Rocker. <laughs> That's what no, I was thinking about. It's, it's a, a good movie, point. right? Uh, <laughs> I don't listen to hip hop. Think of the Rockefeller Center, uh, the Chrysler <laughs> Building. This is like the 1920 yeah. design choices. Yeah. So yes, yeah. you. I think yeah. I think you kind of have a good point. Because for me, Art Deco is before the Second World War. In my head, maybe I'm wrong. Well, a little bit more. Yeah, 1920s. Yeah, yeah. 1920s, yeah. 39. Makes sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot before the Second World War, but yeah. Yeah, there's quite a bit of history. <laughs> it was like the Renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of things happened, right? Um, the, uh, the, the, the two, two things that really stand out to me, I think, and it's fantastic. Uh, so the watch is a 38 millimeter uh, diameter case, but it's only 6.9 millimeter yeah. thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the movement, the, the actual yeah. case. case. Yeah. So it is an extremely thin watch. On par with like the the master control GLCs, right? They have really thin movements as well and thin cases. You go with the uh, black or white dial? I go with the black gradient. Yeah. Yeah, Same but I, I, I would, I, I yeah, I would go with the black as well. The thing I, is with Ming is that um, it's like this gradient. I think it's a guilloché. Um, the thing with Ming is that um, it's it's like a conversation starter. It has a lot going for it, but it's not flashy. It's like this subdued, yeah. and it's super unique, out, right? Stands out, but subdued. So you know what I mean, and that—that's yeah. one of the things you can't, you can't, you can't hate on Ming. So hmm. big. So chrome. Ming is a. Yeah. So it's a yay from all of us. I'm assuming. Right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call that a black chrome, by the way, the color. Uh, there you go. Next, next news. 
That was it for the news. That's in the news. One more piece of news that I would like to mention yeah. uh, is the new uh, Seiko Alpinist release for Europe. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Go ahead. What's um, the, uh, it's a gray dial, right? What's the... So the one thing that I, and I was kind of looking at this and I was like, oh my God, this is the thing that I really like because I, 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 I owned an Alpinist before and I was one of the people um, that you know got sucked into the idea of buying that Hodinki special edition. So for anyone so looking, got, it's um, the SPB 201J1, a European exclusive yeah, for the gray dial. Yeah, and... Um, I bought. I've owned the. Um, <coughs> sorry, I've owned the. Um, the blue Hodinki. Uh, the blue edition. Hodinki edition. The thing that, at, and it was my first alpinist ever. Uh, the thing that I was a little bit kind of tricked, I think, or deceived a little bit, is because the way that the way Hodinki was taking pictures, the marketing, the uh, the watch uh, uh, dial appeared to be matte, okay. right? But in reality, it's a sunburst blue, so it doesn't really look the same way as it did when they were taking pictures. Mm. And when, because of it being sunburst, it looked quite different from different angles, especially if there's like a direct sunlight that hits it, it does not look anything like it was in the pictures. So it was a bit of a like, um, uh, what is it that they call a catfish uh, situation? <laughs> Bait and switch. <laughs> uh, and I'm not a huge fan of sunburst. Yeah. So as much as that watch was a beautiful watch, it only looked good to me at certain angles. Right? If yeah. there's no direct sunlight, it looked very nice. I can understand that. Even if you like sunburst and you're expecting a matte dial watch... It doesn't know, matter right. because the way they took pictures was a little bit deceiving, right? If they took pictures showing the sunburst, I would have bought into it. But I was, let's say, um, negatively surprised when I received the watch because there was a, 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 like a feature that I didn't expect, right? It was there. It's just that the way it was presented, it, it didn't show. But... I think that the big difference with that European release is that that gray dial is matte. It is, I don't Ooh. think it's a sunburst dial. But does it say it's matte? It doesn't, but I was looking at uh, YouTube <laughs> videos, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I was looking at many different YouTube videos. No matter how they spin it, it always appears matte, and they do, they do like a, like a um, there's a, like a, what's it called, a, a macro video where they show the texture of the dial. Yeah. It is very rough. I'm reading right now. So it's, it doesn't appear to be sunburst. No, the, the, the dial uh, is simple matte finish. That's it? Yes. So that kind cool. of backs up my statement that this watch, the European version, I actually really like the gray. And it's the same exact watch as the regular Alpinist, like the NH35. And look at it on that beautiful brown vintage strap here. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, if it's the same strap that uh, that was given uh, to me when I bought the the, the, the blue alpinist, yeah. it's not the most the highest quality strap. It's Find nice. Another one like this it's one. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, but be, I was saying I was saying that um, I'm not a fan of sunburst. This is not a sunburst. This is a matte dial. I think it's beautiful, and I really like this watch. And the other thing is that they kind of made the an H35 movement in the back a little bit nicer. It's not an H35. They, it's a six R thirty. I think it's an NH. Maybe no, I'm no, wrong. No, 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 no. But it's a 6R35. It's the and, same as your... And it's an open case. Uh, sumo. And it's an open case. It's the so, same as your Sumo, my friend. Whoa. Friend? Friend. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Stretch. Wow. Fuck sorry. you too. <laughs> yeah, sorry, you... <laughs> No. Wow. <laughs> okay, that that's gonna be bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, keep it. I, I just no, want no, people no. to know the true colors of so Karen. You're looking at the caliber 6R35. Okay, so it's an upgraded movement too. That's good. No, no, it's it's always been. It the, the it was the six R fifteen, which is the one that I have in my. I Seiko thought Alpinist. I had a an H thirty five in no, my. No, no, uh, no, no, no. That's the four R thirty six. Is the NH thirty five? The four thirty six is in the turtle and the samurai. Your Seiko Alpinist, like your Seiko Sumo, has the six R thirty five. 
the old generation of the Seiko Alpinist, which is what I'm wearing right now, has the 6R15, which Listen, has a lower I, power reserve. I don't understand what you're saying. I'm going to take it as disrespect. <laughs> Watch your mouth. <laughs> but yes, I, uh, for me, it's a yay. I like the, I like the matte dial. It's Hell not yeah, a sunburst because I, I don't like the sunburst very I love much. it. You, Love the, you, the, the Cyclops on the, the yeah. date. It's great. The you, gray you, is great. You, you had me at Alpinist, so yes. <laughs> yeah. You going to buy it, Dimitri? You should. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the one thing that I am not a huge fan of uh, uh, the Alpinist in general is because it's quite thick. Yeah? yeah. That's what she said. Thick. Cool. So, Michael that Brand. That is the news. <laughs> oh my god this is good <laughs> that's the segment <laughs> back to microbrands shall we uh, yeah so microbrands eh Carl? La- last week uh, Kevin closed off with um, Monta 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 yeah I remember I was making sure you were following yeah, yeah it's a test we passed <laughs> don't look at me with those shifty eyes <laughs> <laughs> last week I was talking about Ananimo and their divers um, so switching countries still in Europe uh, switching Sector, so no more divers, no more Italy. Now I'm going to UK and aviation. Okay. No, that's America. That sounds interesting. That's Indiana Jones. Do the Jurassic Park song. What's the difference? Do the Jurassic Park song. He never remembers. He never does. Okay. Go ahead, Carl. I just ignored your question. I know. I know. I don't need to tell you. So, um... Aviation and UK. Do you have any brand that comes in mind? The aviation and UK. Bremont. Bremont is the one that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Is yeah. that is that it? Yeah, it's uh, Bremont. I was actually thinking. I I know that's what you were going with. Yeah. But I was thinking, are there any other brands? I don't think so. Like, I'll look like, it up. Keep going. Military. There's like CWC. There's a lot of. Uh, yes. Yes. For sure. Other one. For sure. And the other one. It's Bremont. And Bremont has a huge. They have a huge marketing presence. I think. There's a lot of art. Prison or prism. Presence. Oh, presence. Um, there's a lot of people who wear Bremont and uh, even journalists or even actors. Um, so I'll go over the... Uh, no, not the actors. <laughs> <sighs> uh, cool. So I'll go over to Bren and I'll talk about the MB1 uh, at the end of uh, my little monologue here. Okay. As long as it's uh, quick. It's going to be so long. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the brand, li- the branded, start literally from a plane crash. Sounds were, good. Keep were going. there any survivors? <laughs> one, <laughs> I, one. Someone died. I guess he started the brand, right? Oh, man. I mean, there's nobody else. So my next brand starts after OJ got off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Go so Bremont uh, is uh, founded by two brothers. There's Nick and uh, Jill. Gail. Jill. <laughs> Gil. Gil, the Jal Gil. And by the way, I'm just looking. There are no other like large wat- flieger manufacturers yeah. in England. Yeah. Okay. Um, so two brothers. That their father was an engineer and an ex uh, RAF, so Royal Air Force. Royal Air Force. Yeah. Uh, engineers. Um, their the whole family is about aviation. They all love planes. They own multiple planes. Uh, they're flying. <laughs> hey, Dimitri, how many planes do you own? <laughs> Like, 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 like scaled. Um, so they even participate in like hair shows and stuff like that in um, presentation on airplanes, museums, uh, pieces of their own. Um, so they must have money then, right? It's not, you can just own planes because you like them, right? It's uh, not, I, I guess so. Uh, I didn't find their uh, network. I like continents. <laughs> Islands. 
so I, 19- quite, I like Australia quite a bit, actually. <laughs> eBay. <laughs> sorry about that. Okay, we're, be, we're being... Yeah, sorry, we're, we're, we're just being, being stupid, Carl. Yeah. So, 1995, <laughs> uh, during a practice for Elder Display, Huan English, that's the father, and his son, Nick English, one of the co-founders of Vermont, uh, were doing um, testing for a World War II Harvard plane, and they crashed during practice. Uh, they died, didn't survive. All of them? The dad didn't survive. Okay. And Nick, one of the co-founders, survived the plane uh, plane crash with 30, more than 35 bones broken. Yikes. So, you know, c- kind of harsh. But plane from Second World War, there's no safety in it. <laughs> uh, it's like Gagarin, right? When he was talking about how he passed away, right? Testing a... Yeah. A new airplane. Um, so, on the, um, the other brother... Uh, Jill, Gil, 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 um, was on the runway at the time of the uh, accident. He got the news while in plane that his father died and his brother was going to the hospital with no expectation of him surviving. Oh my gosh. That's a, that's a harsh day, right? Yeah, um, probably not the best. Yeah, probably no, exactly. So six months after the accident, um, buried the father, uh, Gile took his brother Nick back to a 1930s airplane just to go over England. And while flying, they decided that... In what? Sorry. What did they go over? Uh, uh, over England. They were just flying in, in their own 1930 airplane. So oh, my gosh. A biplane. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right? I didn't catch that part. They were flying their own 1930s. Oh, they okay. crashed in their own airplane. Uh, the, yeah. One of the brother and the father. Uh, it was a World War II airplane. Um, so after he died, they went into their own plane. So six months after the accident, yeah. uh, they went just to a, a fly, just to, I guess, get... Peruse. Sen- peruse. Get out of the scenery, right? Like, just go... T- Take a drive. Those guys just go take a flight. flight. <laughs> <laughs> the two brothers decided that, um, uh, you know, um, with what happened to their father and what they love beside the airplane is mechanical timepieces. Their father, when they was uh, when they were younger, what they what they was doing is going to auction houses around the UK and buying old clocks, bring them home, and that was a family project. The two younger brothers to restore them. Yeah. Oh. So they were working on either mechanical mechanical clocks. Or their father airplanes. It was one of the two projects at home, right? So airplanes, father died in a crash. The brother said, "You know what? We love mechanical timepieces. Let's do something about that now. It's maybe a bit more safe, right?" You know, the thing is, you you talk a lot about cars. Yes. And we talk about airplanes and whatnot. And I think I understand. I think that cars, watches. And you need airplanes and stuff. I think, well, maybe less airplanes because less accessible, but there's technology behind it. I think they're the last, and the words I use is emotional, mechanical yep. products. 100% with you there. And, and that, that really is what it's about. is the last emotional, mechanical products. There's so much emotion behind building a, a car in a certain way or building a watch. Mm-hmm. I think watches are more accessible. Yeah, you know, 100%. You know, so you can get, in, get into it fairly quickly. And cars is a bigger commitment and whatnot, but I think it still carries that same kind of emotional, yeah. So <laughs> the last pieces of it in the world. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's analog, right? It's like literally, it's just metal pieces that move together and create something that's moving. Uh, that's why we like mechanical watches in some extent. And like a really pricey mechanical watch is going to get you a car and a really pricey car is going to get you a plane. Yeah, <laughs> that's or the house. Uh, yeah, after that, right? And after, uh, I'm guessing a really expensive plane is going to get you a yacht. Yacht, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are the steps of when you're rich. <laughs> but I think at that point you're getting into like this level of like almost like luxury as opposed to mechanical emotion. You know what I mean? So yeah. some yachts might have some some crazy things too, but watch is a watch. And so many so certain only so so many ways 
it can tell you time, right? Yeah. But it's how it calculates it internally that makes it interesting. It's how a car is able to manage roads and manage speed and manage acceleration it, and manage explosion, inertia engine, and explosions yeah. in the yeah. combustion and yeah. turns. And, yeah. yeah. So the two brothers coming back from their flight, they went, uh, now we need to find something that we, uh, that what we enjoy the most outside of uh, aircrafts is crafting beautiful engineering medical devices. Mm-hmm. And what clicks with that is watches, mechanical watches. It was like, that was a no-brainer for them. So they decided that um, to go with that. That was like their um, idea, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the name, they, they, need, they need a name for their company now, right? And their last name is English. It's a general name. It's, it, it, it's nice for... Um, English is the last name. So it's a bit too common to have a brand um, called just English. Right, so they decided they were, to, they were contemplating that. They were like, yeah, you know, English. That's their name. It's Nick and uh, Nick and Jill uh, Gill English. Oh my God, there's a last name, and their father was uh, Ewan English, and Dimitri is Dimitri Russian. <laughs> um, so they went to their backlog of adventures. Right, they always been flying planes with their father. It's like, what's the craziest thing that ever happened to us? So we're talking a couple years um, uh, before the. Um, Play, uh, the airplane crash that decided to start a company in the 90s, Nick and Gills were flying across France in a biplane from the 1930s. Um, they had a rough running engine mixed with a really difficult weather situation. They had to emergency landing into a farmland with their plane. No problem. They're just like a field. Yeah, like a field, right? Um, so lots of, <laughs> lots of that in North of England. England. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but that was in France. I was in France. Okay, yeah, lots yeah, of they're that flying too. their biplane from UK to France. Outside of Paris, there's that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they get uh, Dimitri. Would you like to uh, take Papa's plane and let's go fly over France? <laughs> <laughs> so emergency landing, bad weather in uh, a field in France. Um, they wanted to like once you're landing in middle of a field, you can have authorities that like police or stuff is going to get to you, right? You're not supposed to do that. It's not safe. Uh, so oh, shit. <laughs> uh, so lucky them, the owner of the farm was a next uh, airplane pilot for the Second World War. Yeah. So, so the French, uh, yeah. Before they surrendered. So um, he was more than happy to help them. They pushed the biplane into their uh, his barn and he invited them into the house just to drink something and take pass the night over at the farm until the next day so they can figure things out. So no one gets to see the plane. Cops not going to show up and all those things. When, when was this movie released? That's not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So they sit at his home and um, with, the, with the aircraft still in the barn. And in his home, there are two things. There are a lot of clocks and mechanical watches and engine parts from airplanes because the guy was a geek about mechanical stuff. So talk about the guy, have a really good time. The guy's a huge watch nerd and um, pilot, even has his, still his wrist, wrist watch from the Second World War, still wearing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Right? Um, stay the night over there and um, the brother provides, mm. the, the man didn't want anything from them. Just, you know, go to your own thing. So the two brothers promised that one day they'll do something to remember him. And the name of that farmer was Antoine Bramont. Oh, so they named their whole brand after They him. named the whole watch company after that man. God damn. Pretty cool. That's pretty a very cool. cool story. That's really, really, really cool. Pretty cool, yeah. Um, so if we go to the watches, uh, I think the best way to describe a Bramon watch is 
Fleeter. Min- yeah, or minimalist aircraft field watches. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really for avi- it's really, really av- aviation inspired field watches. Uh, really clear to read. High um, quality. High qu- super high, high quality. quality. I'll go into their testing later on. Mm-hmm. It's not what they're doing it. Um, so right now, Bramon is using modified ETA movement, mm-hmm. ETA. Uh, but as as we speak right now, they are doing their own in-house movement yep. testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at some point, they'll su- maybe you're going to switch. Uh, we'll see or, or where that goes. Um, so the thing with why they modified the ETA movement is because they wanted uh, way more anti-shock and uh, timekeeping mechanism than what ETA was able to offer. Um, when you're in planes, there's a lot of vibrations, there's a lot of movement. They, you, you, force, yeah. you, you flip all the, <laughs> all directions and most watches are not able to keep up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ETA movement was good enough, but not good enough for them. Uh, so they start doing testing. Uh, they uh, even hired uh, outside of uh, Bremont agency just to do testing for them uh, with planes, helicopters, a bunch of stuff to have their own specification build and be able to manufacture some parts. Go but tell us if we're good. Exactly, right? And so they were so good with those things, testing that even before getting a huge market, the RAF, Jaguar, Wasworth engines, uh, aircraft engines, and the Heritage Department of the Navy approach them for their watches. That's amazing. Uh, would it be fair to call them a micro brand though? Would be fair. No, they are. They 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 are uh, in business since 2002. Okay. Well, it's just that they're, they're, <laughs> how big are they? By their size, it seems that they're producing a lot of different watches, and uh, it's not really like a standard uh, micro brand. They uh, do between six thousand and ten thousand watches a year. Yeah. I still think they're independent. Well, anyway, keep going. Um. So yeah. Uh. Jaguar, Rolls Royce engines. Um. The RRF and later on, uh, Martin Baker. Um, do you know guys who know Martin Baker is? No, is he pretty good at uh, at uh, making pastries? No, it's a it's a it's a brand. Um, so the Vermont Br- MB1 for Martin Baker one. Uh, Martin Baker uh, is the company who invented the ejection seat for uh, aircraft. Ejection seat. Ejection seats. What is the first? Uh, what is the word that you said before uh, he said ejection? Ejaculation seats? <laughs> exactly. Um, I, can't hear, I can't hear anything else. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Martin, Martin Baker, uh, co-founder was Captain Baker, uh, died in airplane testing in 1942. They were building airplanes for uh, the RF. That was the, the whole company. Uh, but during that um, that crash, the only reason that uh, he died is because the engine seized and he had to do emergency landing and hit a, th- a tree. Like everything else was good, but he hit something and died from that. Um, so the other half of the company, James Martin, uh, was really horrified by that situation. Uh, he lost his good friend, business yeah. partner in a plane crash, and he decided right there and then to change the whole company to a safety company. Mm-hmm. So Martin Baker in 1942 stopped doing airplanes and started doing safety component for airplanes. So people went and died. Exactly. It was like, if an airplane has a problem, I want people to survive. Yeah. That was the idea. Tough man, man. Right? Um, so he started doing uh, ejection seats testing in 1943. Um, at, back then, when they were doing testing, it was like, here's a plane. They were just jumping out. And there was a lot of chances they were hitting by the tail of the airplane. It was like jumping out Bay of the plane. Wee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? We'll see what happens. <laughs> the plane might hit you or, oh my gosh. So... Um, all the, uh, Martin did all the testing by himself. He did 30 testing. And the first three testing, he broke ribs uh, just by testing oh my the, God. Uh, his own seats. Because it was a wild times, eh? He didn't want to, anyone else to die from his own invention. It was nuts. But 
Fast forward to uh, today, about 90% of all the safety equipment on airplanes are from Martin Bakers. In the world? In the world. That is insane. It is. Seat belts, seats, uh, doors, that is very all those cool. things. It, it's from that company. Um, so they're really proud of their product. Uh, they have a survival rate in like almost 100%. Dozens, so the, dozens the, and dozens of people. Survive. So the link to Bremont? I'll, I'll, I'll come to that. So um, when people use those seats to exit um, fighter jets and stuff like that, they're Martin Baker seats. But there's a whole club for people to use those seats and survive. It's called the um, Exertion Tie Club. Uh, and so when you use a seat from Martin Baker and survive, you get a whole a tie, a letter of uh, that you survive, your number, your VIN number of the airplane, where you used it, what was the uh, number sequences. Proof that it. it worked. And... A Bramont MB1, and behind that Bramont, there's the stamping of where and your ignition sequence numbers, and you can only oh. have that watch if you use the seats. So the oh. MB1 is it's not all, for sale. It's not for sale. The MB1 is only available if you use one of the seats, and as you can see, the barrel is red, the same red as the ignition seat tag when you pull it. Oh my goodness! So you can buy that's an MB2. That's a, a GMT, same design, or MB3. That's a Chrono. But if you want an MB1, you need to be a pilot that uses seats. And you have to crash. You have to crash and survive, <laughs> pretty much. So those the, the MB2, to give you an example, they go for like 5 to 8 Gs right now. If you want an MB1 on the um, gray market, there's some for sale. They go for between thirty and $50,000. Yeah, oh, yeah, God. Because there's a whole story behind it. <laughs> exactly. Someone cool. survived, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the MB1 from Bremont is all about people using that seat. And Martin Baker went with Bremont because of the same country, UK, and all the heritage of the aviation behind it too. People, uh, look, I've um, we have an, an AD here that sells Bremont in Montreal. Great watches, excellent finish. They have this beautiful cushion case that comes with it. Uh, they really do uh, take care. They really do take a lot of pride in their pieces. Yeah. Um, so, last quick note on the MB1, uh, the testing for that watch. Bremont testing is one of the hardest I think right now in the market. They go. It's an aviation piece. People who's going to use it are going to be pilot for jet fighters. That's in, right now in the world that they think is the most G-forces, the most impact, the most vibration. So before sending a watch, they test it for the equivalent of 20 years of use in G-forces and vibration for a jet pilot. So, But what are the, the, do you know what the tolerances are? Like what makes it successful versus unsuccessful in the So testing? they have, they have um, a patent that the movement, normally it, you only, um, you only um, shock proof your balance wheel on a movement, Bremont, the whole movement is shockproof. Mm. The whole movement is sitting on a rubber ring inside the case. And they're only been doing that right now for those things. Um, so they do 20 years of, uh, of use in testing. And they even put their watches inside plane crash testing. Everyone saw a video on YouTube at some point, a plane crash test. Mm -hmm. Well, Bremont paid to have their watches inside that plane when it crashed. Did they pay for pay for the crash to happen? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but with that, they had a lot of uh, situation. Like the the watch literally burned. The all the watch broke. The metal snapped right, in half right. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. uh, but because of that testing, now there's pilots who survive plane crash, and the only thing that's survived, even if there's fire and stuff like that, is their watches. And the watches that they're wearing during the plane crash can literally have the legacy of the whole plane. 
because so of that. So it's interesting. It's like, okay, I want to watch that can survive the plane crash, but how good is it with you actually navigating? Like, <laughs> can you build a capsule for me from that same thing the, the you used to build the watch yeah, so I can like, survive as well along with the watch? Planes, right? Yeah, I made the whole plane out of black box. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's just going to be very heavy and just crash immediately. Yeah, but you need, a, um, you need like, a, like an ejection capsule where you can put the people in and then kind of, kind of like a safety, um, a safety boat or whatever it's called, right, on, on, on ships. Yeah. You have to have something like this for uh, in an airplane where there's a capsule where you put all the people and just it just jumps out of the airplane with the yeah. parachute on, right? So, so yeah, Bermont is doing aviation-inspired watches, very cool. and fill watches, and the whole brand is and in it in plane crashes and how they deal with it and able to offer... They are all for, about aviation, right? Every single yeah. line they have yeah. is Most aviation. Most of them have some right? divers there, but yeah. Very yeah. interesting. So that was my yeah. Aviation UK brand. Amazing. Very cool. Very interesting. So is it my turn now? Yes. Uh, I'm going to go to France. So just across the uh, the channel. Yep. Um, and I'm going to be talking about actually one of the micro brands that, that is um, quite well known nowadays and it's been becoming very popular. I'm really fond of uh, this micro brand. Uh, it's called Baltic. Mm-hmm. Um, they initially started uh, in 2017. So actually most of the micro brands that I'm talking to about are quite new, right? Uh, Fair, uh, I talked about in the last podcast and Ming, they all started very recently, like not more than four years ago. Ming, uh, Ming, sorry, Baltic started in 2017 on Kickstarter. Uh, it's a French watch company founded by Etienne Malek, uh, inspired by his father's legacy, who was a, a huge uh, watch collector. And the reason why it's called Baltic, um, because... It's an homage to his father's origins from North Poland along the Baltic Sea. Um, so the, 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 their motto is that they try to they aim to create timeless watches inspired by vintage looks, uh, by, by the vintage looks in the, his father's watch collection. Yeah. And you can see that uh, kind of connection in their design choices, that everything that they make, they don't have many models, and every single model they make is uh, quite successful. They don't have a lot of models, but all of them are vintage inspired. Yeah. Uh, Similarly to the brands that I was talking about um, um, in the last podcast, they are extremely transparent about uh, their production, which is what I really like about micro brands, right? They don't hide. They it's just it's right in your face right away. Um, That's what she said. In your face, I was gonna right away. I thought you were gonna say uh, straight away, straight to prison, straight to prison, straight to prison, straight Straight to to jail. and I and the reason why they're transparent and they say that is because they, they believe that this is a very necessary thing to do in the watch community. And I totally agree with this. Uh, the production amb- ambiguity uh, has been uh, the bane of horology industry for over 20 years. This is what they say. And I, I, I tend to agree with that statement. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of fashion watch brands, I think, benefit from that ambiguity, right? By hiding uh, where things come from and what's inside the watch and charging very high prices. Um, so the case uh, housing parts and movements come from a specialty from specialty manufacturers in Hong Kong they use uh, in a lot of their watches they use a lot of um, they use uh, Seiko movements right so uh, oh, that's cool and they also use um, a seagull for their chronos 
Oh, the Seagull for the yeah. buy compacts, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then you will see that later when I discuss the prices. That allows them to charge a significantly lower prices but than But it's not a Miura? Other... Uh, no, the Chrono they use in the new buy compacts. The no, Chrono no, is the a Seagull. It's a Seagull, yeah. uh, Sorry, yes, they do use, uh, I think they use Miura. I think you're right. The it's uh, it's either like the, 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 the base, the base uh, Seikos or the Miuras. Yes, yeah, I think, I think you're right about the Miuras. The high um, grade. So... This is this is the movements and the um, uh, housing parts. The straps are all from uh, France and manufactured in France. And other accessories are made in Italy, right? So they're quite open about what they do and where they come from. There's, you know, like... Uh, I, I think it's add value when you're able to be transparent of I, everything where what came, came from where. I, I 100% agree with you because if you make a good product and you stand by it, there is no reason for you to hide yeah, anything it's, about it's like if you never lie you're going to get cut lying and i'm i'm very suspicious about um um let's say microbrands and i think this is a thing to be weary wary of when uh, <clears throat> when you research about a watch to buy is try to understand like if they try if it looks like they're hiding uh information about what's inside the watch what what is the mechanism because uh you know a good example could be let's say like a fashion brand that just says hey uh, we have a swiss uh, movement inside the watch yeah but what kind of a movement yeah. Right, and it happens when they don't even specify whatever this is a quartz or a mechanical, like automatic movement, and those are this, the difference is huge potentially. Um, I think a good example on that where I was doing my research to writing that episode and the previous one as well. Um, there's some micro brand that on the website there's a lot of information. You can see where they're from, what they're doing, someone to contact us or about us and stuff like that. And yep. there's there are some micro brands that literally on the website. It's the watch only. There's no information about the company itself, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a good indication too on what kind of information they yeah. want to yeah. give away. Remember, uh, remember the um, um, Mont Alison, right? With yeah. the, the four thousand um, dollar. How could I forget? Tourbillon. <laughs> In the, what they were where thinking they use uh, exquisite materials, right? And yeah. uh, fantastic cases and beautiful uh, movements. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> oh, man. it's a pretty nice uh, specification. So, so, so Baltic. So. Um, like I mentioned, uh, they're very clear about where uh, all the individual watch parts come from. Once the various components are manufactured, they're sent back to Baltic's Atelier in uh, Besançon, which is a uh, town in France, uh, where they get assembled and adjusted. So they, they, they're very proud um, to, to partner with some of the, you know, like some really good manufacturers in neurology and provide pr very good quality. This is more of a, like a sales pitch, uh, but they're quite uh, clear about, you know, everything that they do. Um, they have been extremely successful in the short time that they've existed, right? Only three years so far. I th if I'm not mistaken, they've, they probably have produced so far about four different watches, something yeah, like that, right? Long. Their most recent release um, is the, um, uh, they created like a vintage looking um, diver GMT watch, right? It's called the Baltic Aquascaf uh, oh, GMT. Yeah. It, it was big in the news when it came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's another micro brand that released a GMT just at the, around the same time, and uh, I think we will be talking about it later. Laurier, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what? I'll quickly go through. I'll quickly go through the specs. Right, it's um, it's a, it's a, it's a watch that vintage inspired. So I, I kind of, I kind of draw parallels with, um, let's say, the Tudor recent releases, right? Like the Black Bays, <clears throat> they're inspired by vintage, vintage looks. Uh, another maybe. Um, aspect of the watch that it comes with the uh, the, the beads of rice uh, bracelet that's also like a vintage looking t style of a bracelet yeah very doxa yeah um just uh, you know to give some ideas this is a 38 uh, 39 millimeter watch 
47 lock to log, um, 12 millimeter thick, so pretty standard, but it's a relatively compact uh, case. Um, you can wear daily. 100 meter water resistance, mm -hmm. and uh, this one costs 1500 bucks. And you have the color schemes. You got Canadian. some that like look like the the GMTs that you see from like the higher brands like Rolex. Yeah, and the movement it's the uh, it's a Swiss movement called Soprod a C125 GMT. So it's it's it, this one is uh, probably the most expensive Baltic watch, but they do put a, a Swiss movement, a Swiss GMT movement in there, right? Um, usually Baltic uses either usually Baltic uses either Chinese or Japanese movements, and I, I for example, they have a Chrono uh, and they use a Seagull movement, and you know I know that there's probably a, a lot of like a stigma for quality when it comes to let's say Chinese made uh, things. Seagull is very famous. Uh, it's been for a long time. They've been on for a long time. They make a fantastic chronograph that was, I think, military sponsored in China. It's so it is a, you know, there's absolutely nothing yeah, wrong with it. How much is that chronograph? The bike so, compacts is. Um, and and, the, and then I think that's what allows them to be extremely competitive when it comes to price. Mm -hmm. That chronograph, HMS zero zero two, is, uh, sorry, uh, HMS. Uh, actually, I don't have the HMS zero zero two. Is the um, HMS002 is the... the, the, the I find it, the bicompax. Is the sector dial. Mm -hmm. The bicompax, look it up, but I, I think it's under $1,000. Yes, it is. No, I know it is. And um, the one... And all watches come with two-year warranty, right? Which good. is decent for a watch. It's yeah, not it's five, decent. but it's decent. And, uh, a, a lot of micro brand goes with only 12 months, right? A year. Uh, and uh, the one thing that I really want to mention is that I'm really crushing on the Baltic HMS002, which is their uh, sector dial watch. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, man, I, I love it. It's a 38 millimeter with a 12 millimeter thickness. So it's very, very, let's say, comfortable to wear. Uh, it's a Hesalite. 650 euros. That is a... Thousand? Like... For an automatic chronograph, I, is, I think it's a manual. A manual uh, is it a yeah, mechanical chronograph? Sorry, yeah. what I mean, oh, yeah. um, mechanical so chronograph. So it's like you can't find a cheaper no. chronograph. No, maybe the it Seagull, is, but like they, they look maybe great. the Seagull itself, right? And and the uh, the sector dial that I'm mentioning, that watch is 500 bucks Canadian, mm -hmm. right? That's it. It does uh, it does have I think a Miyota movement. It's a Miyota 8821. Uh, it's just it's beautiful. It's a it's a fantastic. I think it's a fantastic value for the money. Yep. So yeah, that's Baltic. I, it's a really, really good brand, I think. And everybody who's looking for a micro brand, I think you should consider them. Look, let's be honest here. Like they got picked up by Houdinki. That says a lot. Yeah. Well, so, Houdinki yeah. also have Apple Watch. That's my. Um, I know, but they 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 are a go to to a lot of watch connoisseurs, right? People like Houdinki. They, they also made a travel clock <laughs> for five thousand dollars. Yeah, six thousand. Exactly. <laughs> but be, besides being a, a go to to a lot of watch people, I think they're a great introduction to watches as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And they, I mean, as much as we like to make fun of them, they, they, they are. We make fun of awesome. them, but we, we we're just what jealous. They're saying. We're just jealous. We're just jealous. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Kevin, uh, what is your uh, so micro brand? I'm going to go with very similar to Baltic, so but I'm going to go in a price bracket a little bit cheaper. So I'm going with Laurier. They are a young boutique brand. Yeah. Even cheaper. It's, it's not the first time that you like. Like not one undercut. up, like what on the undercut? undercut. Team He's like, one upping me all the time. It's like, well, you know what? I, I kind of prepared it, it, better. I so. got an affordable alternative to his watch. Yeah, the affordable <laughs> alternative. It was literally that. It was like it, four watches. Always, all of them were cheaper for Kevin versus. It, it, it's it's like hey, uh, so Jimmy, yeah, I really like your uh, presentation. I'm an yeah, affordable but, alternative. But, but I did a better one. Yeah, no, I just did a better no, one. No, I just <laughs> had an affordable alternative to his affordable yeah. alternative. Dima, thought that you suck, but you kind of suck. So Not at all. But you could have you could have prepared better, Dima. Yeah, I prepared better. Hostility here. This is gratuitous. Okay, go. I went with Laurier. It's a young boutique brand. 
Um, boutique? Boutique. So if you actually look at their lineup, just to start, they're very similar to Don't Baltic. Don't tell me what to do. They are inspired by Vintage Diver. They have, uh, so Baltic has that bronze diver. They have a field watch, a dive watch. They have a GMT. Uh, is bronze color or the metal? No, bronze. Bronze case watches. So nice. like an they have a gold. They have a gold PVD um, field watch under Lori, the Falcon. Uh, I own that one. So Lori is a young boutique brand. It was founded, and the story is nice. It's not as in depth as Ming or as Bremont. <laughs> But they were two school teachers. They're based out of New York City. I think they're from like Arizona or Texas. But essentially, they wanted to create. Texas. They wanted to create uh, unisex watches, uh, a watch that he could enjoy wearing and a watch she could enjoy wearing. Uh, so they they come in relatively small, around thirty eight millimeters, as divers. Uh, but they have a very vintage appeal to them. Thirty eight is small for our times, but for the whole watch history, it's. Kind of okay. No, but in for a day-to-day now, exactly. But it's just, he wanted to make a watch, or they wanted to make a watch, I'm sorry, that they could both wear. Mm. And uh, their Falcon, which is their like field watch, comes in at 36. When you say they both wear, so I'm guessing it's a, a guy and a gal? Yeah, it's a okay. husband and wife. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. So Lauren and Lorenzo Ortega. So they built a catalog composed of a field watch called the Falcon. They have a diver watch called the Neptune. And they have the Hydra, which is like this, more of like this, uh, this like, marine styled um inspired inspired watch what's great about these watches is that they come in with a vintage inspiration but they don't they don't copy other brands necessarily um they go with acrylic crystal to keep the cost down instead of sapphire but to give it that nice vintage look uh they used to have an nh seiko nh35 movements within it for the cost but they went up a little bit higher now they're a hundred dollars more uh, for their diver, for example, and they're putting in high-grade Miotas. They cool. thinned it out. They this make... is an American brand, right? If I'm uh, not yeah. mistaken, yeah, from New York. Uh, I think, yeah, they're based out Unique. of New York. Yeah, Unique New York. <laughs> so we're looking at their their catalog. What, what's nice is that they sell out very quickly, but they really come down to building a vintage type watch that isn't too loud. It's kind of subdued. The bracelet is incredible in how it works. They give you. Um, how can I say really good customer service? Every watch comes with like a signed card by them. They, uh, they're quick when they respond, when they have questions, they have different colorways. Uh, but it's a really affordable price to get into. You're talking about a watch like the, the Baltic Aquascat starts at about six fifty. This watch comes in at four ninety nine now. It used to be three ninety nine. So you're basically saying that you, you this is better than what I was. No, talking about. not at all. One hundred percent quality. Dima, it's just it's just based on what what comes in there. So they also just came out with now with a new GMT. Um, but they have a watch, for example, their Laurier. Uh, if I'm mistaken, that GMT was up and forward and all the marketing stuff as well, right? Excuse me, it was it was very it was, popular. It, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was everywhere. It, it was everywhere, up. and yeah. their their GMT, for example, came in at eight ninety seven ninety nine or eight ninety nine. Just quick side note, I think it's always a good uh, a good sign when uh, micro brand. Uh, announce a new watch and you can see it on multiple platforms oh yeah yeah it's already a good sign baltic is good for that laurier is good for that it's a really good sign fair doing fair good. too right uh new watch comes out and there's like 10 20 uh articles magazines podcasts youtube videos talk about they're it. the darlings you know like look into it yeah. it's a good indication and laurier is one of those how could i say um if you're looking for that like i'll give you a really affordable alternative to the black bay 58 impossible that's how they started even the blue one they have a blue one it looks like an old tudor submariner um but it really doesn't look too much like it it doesn't look like it's trying to look like it, it has a perfect vintage aesthetic to it it has a gilt version of it 
screw links into the bracelet. The bracelet is is like this totally nice vintage style. They really didn't cheap out on it. Um, and it's a watch that you can wear because it has this not only vintage appeal, it's small enough that you can wear it to your day-to-day. So I, I really am, uh, I think that there's something that people, uh, if you want to look into a watch at around that $500 price range, uh, they're great. And You um, own a Laurier, right? I do, I do. And um, it's a great weekend watch. Who's it? So the verdict, like to me, like who's it for? It's for anyone who wants a... A, a watch. <laughs> wow. Okay. End of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> so, yeah. But but who's it for exactly? You're looking for a great affordable alternative. You want something vintage inspired that doesn't just copy everyone else. Um, and, and I think something that you guys have been saying... I took note of it and I just want to bring it up. It's, It's like, like I always say. We're talking about uh, different uh, movements and what they get put into it. Yeah. Uh, what makes it appealing to put an Eta or a Salida or even um, um, a Seiko movement is even though the brand may or may not be around in the next five years, you can service that, that movement. You can go and get its service for any issues that you may have. So... At that point, the risk you're taking is is not as grand Minimal. as you may think. Yeah. And, and you know, Nomos, uh, that a lot of their movements are in-house, or they were based on the 7001 ETA. Um, when they came in there, a lot of people were like, are they going to be around? What I'm buying an in-house movement. Um, it can it can put people a little bit at an ease. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're getting some of these, when you're getting an NH35, one, it helps you understand the value of the watch. You're like, am I paying too much versus too little? No, well, I'm not paying too little. Am I paying too much versus another brand? Or also, it's uh, can I service this watch? Yeah, so take care of it. Take care of it, you know. So, I think some of it's really, really great. Lori offers a great lineup. They give you every, uh, not everything, but you can get a. Um, they had a chrono, but it was it was limited to worn and wound. You can you can't find that. But they have a GMT. They have a diver. They have a field watch, and they have another. It's called the Hydro. So I don't know what kind of falls. And, and to some extent, you're literally buying into a mom and pop shop. Yeah. Yeah. And nice. you hear pot, you hear their podcast, they're there. When you hear about them at watch fairs, they're at the kiosk. They're manning their own booth. Nice. It's not it's not someone else. So That's so cool. That's cool. And they, and they, and they come out and they have the thing like, look, we're going to send you an email when we're selling them. Yeah, if you're ready to buy, they're coming out. We have new stock coming in, blah. And then and they're they're really great with that. So that's my other pick, Lori. Not as deep stories as you guys have, but uh, that's my brand. It's a pretty good um, it's a very good brand. I really like them too. And very I have to say just very well received. Very unique uh, design uh Uh, choices vintage right? inspired yeah. and good yeah. but it has like a particular let's say style of vintage right yeah, yeah. so um, for me it's going to be my last one I think you guys have more than one left right I, I have I have two left I have uh, two left as well yeah maybe pick your favorite out of the two just, just saying oh Man, are you telling us? I'll go very board? fast for the next one, yeah. and I'll go for the last one. I want to do spend some time on. It. Yeah, I'll, cool. uh, I'll do the same. Let's okay, go. so for my last one, it's going to be a bit shorter for mine because uh, if you guys heard that on the previous episode, I went with Animo from 1997. Today, I went with Bermond from 2002, and now I'm going to go with Rec. Uh, Is it Animo or Anonimo? Anonimo. Anonimo. Okay. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Um, and I'm going to go with Rec. They uh, started in 2014, so six years ago, seven oh, wow. years ago now. Vintage. It's super vintage. Um, so Rec, R-E-C, uh, you could think they come from the word uh, Rec, uh, W-R-E-C-K. Yeah, that's what I thought at first. Uh, no, uh, it's not exactly. I, I was thinking of the same thing, and no, I was super wrong. Um, so that micro brand is, or, or independent brands, as, as you want to uh, call it, 
what they do is they use metal for their watches uh, from damages beyond uh, damage beyond repair iconic vehicles. Right. Could be cars, could be airplanes, could be other things for now. Um, so the REC, uh, it came in from. The so it's not. It's it's actually it actually means wreck as in W R E C, but it's no, recycle. No, different thing. no, no. So that's what I was thinking. Oh, recycle. It, it came from uh, W R E C. No, it comes from their um, concept, their mentality. That's recover, recycle, reclaim. And okay. All those words start with R E C. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> uh, or to, so they just. Revolution also starts with R. I guess so. Um, Good spelling. So um, it's two friends from university who started at Brent in Copenhagen, uh, 2014. That's in Denmark, Dimitri. <laughs> Denmark, Europe. Um, you, Rob. <laughs> okay. I will shut up. Um, the styling from one watch to the next uh, from Rec is really, really different. So they started in 2014, so that's um, seven years ago, and they already have eight watches different, and all limited edition because when they purchase... Um, a sheet of metal from a car or a plane, they can have a limited amount of punch out of it. And, and uh, I just wanted to quickly ask you, so I'm assuming that every single watch they make is obviously limited edition, right? Limited edition and the dial is a bit different because it's one sheet of metal. The patina on it can really differ from one <coughs> end to the other. So well. if, they're, if they're using parts from some crash, it is has it, to be limited. Yeah, well, that's it. Uh, and is it, let's say like that there's a watch uh, made from Porsche 911s, right? Yep. Do they use multiple cars? Do they use nope. one car, one so crash? What the idea is that they want to um, disrupt or broke down a classic car, right? So they're only going to use metal for a car that's beyond repair, that nobody's going to buy it. And a total it. loss. And, and where do they take the, the pieces from? Like which it, part it, of the body? Or? Uh, anywhere in the world. Uh, they have multiple uh, cars. They have like Mustang 911s. They have Spitfire aircrafts. They even have classic Land Rovers right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the Mustangs, they came from the fuel tank. Okay. Uh, so because of the fuel, the inside of the metal is a really weird patina that's really nice. The 911 came from the floor pan. It's like pan. a blue-yellow burnt kind of like uh, butane. The, yeah, the uh, 911, I think, came from the floor pan. Uh, the Spitfire aircraft come from the fuselage outside of the airplane on the tail right. side. Uh, the Land Rover came from one of the doors. Uh, mm. So cars to cars are really different. And even sometimes they're going to use a car that still has paint on it and they're going to go with that paint color scheme for I'm that sure watch. I'm sure they probably assess that is very they cool. go, oh, they, I'm going to reuse this part of the yeah. crash, right? I'm uh, sure they pick and choose, you know, like the type of the metal or whatever the, the material. What, what's salvageable. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's it, very interesting. The thing is they need metal that's not bent. That's the yeah. hardest part, right? Because if you unbend a metal, you'll see the line in it yeah. and you don't want that. But and that was, they were also there at the watch fair we were yes, at. Yes, and I almost bought the uh, 911 uh, limited edition one. I should have. They're like, and and they, they are UK based, right? Copenhagen. Copenhagen, okay, yes, you said Denmark. that. I, I just Denmark. don't pay attention. Um, so, uh, yeah, they were in the uh, watch fair we had here in Montreal in 2019. Didn't have it in 2020 because pandemic. We really hope to have it in 2021, maybe 2022 again. Hell, we were ready to go to um, wind up in uh, New York. Yep. Is this a, a design company or do they assemble them themselves? Like, what? A, how does the production look like? I didn't find any information in production. The only thing I found was they use a high-hand Miyota uh, mm. movement. It's got to be very a design. Their whole gimmick right. is not saying I'm making a really good watch. I'm like, no, I'm, more, I'm, I'm salvaging. I'm sure most micro brands are, right? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's well, a depends. cool Some of concept. Them, well, look, like if you take like Formex, which we talked about, there's a yep. release. They're like, no, we're going to make you a chronometer certified uh, you know, super high spec watch. While this one's saying, "I'm gonna salvage crazy." Yeah. Uh, crash. So, so it, it's an idea that an makes idea. you stand out yeah. as a as a exactly. brand. Design. Right? So what what you're buying is um, the wreck. The, the, the wreck. The, the reclaim link, part. The link. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, 
the early, early watches, they, the first one they did was from a classic Mini Austin, so the original Mini Cooper. Yeah. And it's the only watch they're selling, they used to sell, I think they're, they're sold out now uh, with an um, quartz movement. Now they're all automatic. Mechanical. Mechanical. Um, they do get inspired uh, from big brands. Um, the one I, when I was on the website, one of the eight watches, you look at them quickly and you think Bell and Ross. Oh, okay. If you look at their some of their Land, designs, yes, Land the Rover, Land, Land Rover is edition, screams uh, Bell and Ross, yeah, screams Bell and Ross, right? And that's on uh, that's the 911 here. That kind of a BR dash zero run as well from Bell and Ross. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, exploring their website. Yes, their their first watch, uh, like you mentioned, it's the it's called the Cooper. Yeah, right. It, it it is extremely affordable. It was 170 US dollars mm-hmm. to purchase, right? Yeah, but, but I'm assuming that they've upped it up. Yeah, uh, quite a so bit. So the the, the most expensive one they're selling right now, it's uh. Like one that came from the middle of, uh, are we talking about that in the podcast? It's um, a 911 from RWB. That's a tuning shop in Japan. Mm-hmm. The owner of that shop is Nakai-san. His personal car. When he cut the fenders to do a wide body on it, Rec was able to purchase the cuts and do some washes in it. And this one is about are- $2,300 Canadian. Yeah. Uh, and those are the most expensive one they're selling right now. But they have a huge, a humongous heritage behind it mm-hmm. in the car world, at least. Uh, but... They're not reinventing the wheel with those watches, but I really love the... Um, That's the gimmick. It's the hook. Yeah, exactly, right? You're, the idea is very unique and their identity. interesting, yes. Yeah. And it makes them stand out from the rest of the crowd. 100%. Uh, they're really young. and uh, They're pushing more than one watch a year right now. But the watches, literally, they cannot even tell you how many uh, they'll be able to do because they buy the sheets and they build the watches as, the, as the order comes in. So they go, it's going to be limited edition between 1,000 to 2,000 watches. I'm actually impressed that they can make 1,000 watches from like one crash, right? One salvageable. Yeah. But it's the size the of Titanic the watches. <laughs> one out of 45,000. One million. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, they, they, when, when there's a watch, they launch a new watch, it won't be able, able to tell you what's going to be the last VIN. It's not going to be one to 1,000. It could be one to 695 because when they do the manufacturing process... But it is going to be a limited run. Yes, but when you do the manufacturing process, sometimes you have a bad manufacturing process and you scrap But I was about to say, yeah, it's going to be based on quality control, the outcome, right? I'm assuming they also sell out like super quickly, just like Ming, right? You have to almost subscribe and follow Uh, it very closely. I follow them closely because i'm big car nerd uh, no shit no really yeah um and it depends the 911 one really sold out quickly we have uh two um ad here in montreal for rec and when we're at really this, yeah two of them one well one, the rwb one, is still available you can still buy it yeah they're expensive too so. well this is the, the 2300 dollars yeah right? uh, but the 911 one the original one they did is the one that sold really quickly uh the mini cooper one the first one they did wasn't sold out as quickly as the 911 one normally you have a couple months like this launch a watch maybe you have like from the launch to the six months prior to that to have it but the thing is you don't have any end date you don't know when was going to be the last one right so you gotta you gotta you gotta I, I really like their second release it's also based on the Mini yep. Coopers it's the Mark 1 yep. I really like the dial so, design it's so like a the, surfboard type very of, uh, so cool, that yeah, very thing interesting. is a copy paste corner. of the cluster of the first generation of Mini Austins 200 bucks I'm assuming it's also a quartz right yeah yeah it's quartz the same, same series yeah. pretty much those two things launch at the same time so Dimitri yeah. I think you know to answer your own question when you're saying oh what, where are they producing what's their manufacturing process I think it comes down to no, we are a designers that are going to make right. 
based yeah. on a in, a car inspiration or salvage uh, wreckage or some sort. Oh, the the the, the dial is supposed to mimic the, uh, the dash. Yeah, the cluster. So he's talking about a, a wreck. It has like a surfboard type uh, chronograph, but it's not as really a surfboard. It's just it's the same shape as the the cluster. Yeah, on the, but that's that's uh, the name of it. Yeah, so they use this this. He's looking. Yeah, but it's a it's a surfboard type. Maybe you can describe a little bit. It's for a big listeners. oval. It's a flat oval. Yeah, yeah but it's oval. it's a very unique design. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So I, anyone ever sat or saw a classic mini? The yeah. cluster that's it's in the middle. It's not in front of the steering. It's middle of the console. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, where does the big cluster? Even today, they still use the same design. Where they the do, speed yeah. is, is in the middle. That car is so tiny, by the way. The original Mini. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's nuts. Like the uh, wheels. What's the wheel? So size? the tire is thirteen inch. Uh, that's so that's, the, the, the the mag itself is ten inch. When I look at that car, it makes me think as if it's like a scaled model of a real yeah. car. It's like a so, one to two, right? Yeah, like just it's a half so, the size of a regular car. Yeah. So quick, quick side note on that car: the design that people at Mini uh, back in the '60s, when the '50s, when they wanted to have that cars, they went to London to look at a parking spot. They took the measurement, a square. They went back to the factory. They said, "We need to build a car that sits four people." Is affordable and fit into that square. They succeeded and quite quite well. They succeeded as well. They pulled off the Italian job, pretty much. Um, so yeah, wreck. Uh, pretty much they did. Yeah, so wreck with Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Uh, so wreck, new company. Uh, they push a lot of new watches. They all limited edition, all of them because the material they use is a limited supply. Just always every couple months, just go on their website and see what's coming up. They always have the tab is called next project as well. Very cool brand. I've heard about it before, and I've heard you talk about it before. But yeah. now I kind of you know got a little bit more of a story from it. It's very yeah. interesting. I, uh, um, oh yeah, last thing the RWB uh, one two. Uh, when you go on the website, there's like huge color bumpers on the watch. Yeah, they're removable. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. why, why? Why is that? What, what function does it uh, serve? It's uh, removable if you it, want. It's, it, a, it's a. It's a. It's a. It's a int. It's a wink. At nothing. Nothing is permanent. It, it, it's a. It's a wink at RWB cars who has huge body kits and wings and stuff like that. that you oh, can mix and match. Like a, like a side. Like a like a side kit or whatever they call it on cars, right? Yeah. So wreck. That's uh, my last. Nice. Uh, uh, my last one. Nice Very pick. Nice. Very interesting. Very good. So uh, back to me. Yeah, back to you. I'll, I'll try to speed it up a little bit. You I have, have two to. more to go through, and I, uh, um, I, I, I really wanted to touch on uh, like American uh, micro brands. Yeah. So, so just quick note. No, no, sure. Please interrupt. Yes. You have, both have fifteen minutes for two brands. That's fine. Each fifteen minutes. That's each. fine. I, I don't need more I than seven. I've been taking too long. Sorry. Yeah, I don't need more than seven. So um, I, when I was looking at micro brands, I kind of wanted to focus a little bit more on the American brands because I didn't really know enough micro brands from the from the states specifically. Uh, and uh, the one that I found, and it's uh, I think it's becoming more and more popular nowadays. And you can find a few YouTube videos from the famous YouTube reviewers. Uh, the company is called Dufresne Watches. Uh, they started in 2016 by uh, Stephen Lee out of Austin, Texas. The name Dufresne comes from uh, his mother's maiden name, and he wanted to just pay an homage to her influence on his love of watches growing up. Um, all of the watches in, uh, in, uh, from this company in the collection are named after Austin landmarks and historical figures. And every single watch is inspired by a particular person or maybe an achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, they are all made uh, in small batches and feature uh, Swiss movements. They they make both mechanical and quartz watches. Mm-hmm. The most recent model, and that's the model that kind of caught my eye and wanted me to, kind of inspired me to talk about them, it's called Waterloo. Um, and 
the 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 brand owner Stephen Lee considers this specific model to be his best work so far, and I I tend to agree. I've explored their other uh, you know designs, and this one is really the one that really stands out to me. I'm uh, very nice. I'm very in love with the sector dial, and it has it, this one has a bit of a, a, a sector dial feel. So for everybody who's listening, uh, this watch is uh, it's like a vintage inspired dress watch that has. A bit of a like a sector dial look to it. Where well, there's no there's no um, crosshairs, but it has like there's a, no crosshairs, but it has like a smaller like ring. a smaller ring mm-hmm. uh, uh, within the, the the dial itself that makes it look like as if it's a sector dial. And it has um, I think it's a, it's a dolphin hands, I believe, right? They called. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the another thing interesting is that the, the the hands appear blue, and a lot of the cheap watches they color them, but this is not. This is actually temperature. Oh yeah. Yes. Wow. So it's a. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty, you know, like a pretty impressive watch. Again, specs wise, it's a thirty milli, thirty nine millimeter case with a. It's only ten point four millimeter thin, right? Hundred meter water resistance. Yeah, it, it has a no sil- nonsense. You, you know, that it, it features a standard uh, Celita SW two hundred movement, right? Uh, Twenty eight thousand uh, uh, vibrations. Very easy to service. Not expensive. Uh, What's the price on this watch? And the best part is that that price is the price is five hundred and seventy-five US dollars for the steel version. For the steel version, and that's the one that I really like. They have a rose gold version. It's uh, I don't know that the price of the rose gold. It's I think five ninety-nine. Okay, so it's just twenty bucks more. I think you get a fantastic offering for that price. And again, this is you know it's very transparent. You know exactly what you're getting. Um, this watch is very, very versatile. I think potentially could be a strap monster. Um, you know, doesn't it has a Swiss movement in it, Swiss uh, automatic movement. Hundred meter, hundred meter water resistance. I think it's a gorgeous looking watch, and I, I mean, obviously, I'm biased because I like uh, vintage inspired looks uh, recently or yep. nowadays, and this one has that, you know, like the, the vintage feel to it, and also this is you know made in USA, which is unfortunately. And maybe it's just me, but I, I feel like no, no, a, a lot of the a... famous micro brands are not American. No, no, no. There, there, there is a a, a, um, a demand where a lot of people say there's. It's just not made. It's not. Sorry, it's not known for being watchmakers. So people come and say, "I have an actual American brand watch." Uh, it can be very attractive to someone. And this go, is really yeah. It. And this is not a fashion watch. This is a good, really good watch with a good specs and for a very, very reasonable price that looks fantastic. Very so good. yeah, this is different. Um, yeah, Kevin. I'm going to go with something a little bit different, uh, catch you guys off guard. This is uh, accessible, but high-end. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So, what? sometimes how, how, we don't... Those go- words don't make sense. So, what if I told you there's a watch that comes in... You sound like a salesman. Yeah. <laughs> um, what if I told you you can shave off 15 minutes from your case, war- dishwashing A uh, case routine. made by a master watchmaker, Kari Vutelainen, who's this Finnish uh, watchmaker... A guilloche dial, hand decorated movement, uh, all under um, three thousand bucks. Uh, How's the guilloche dial made? It's not. It's not manual, right? I'm sure they it's use not the manual. It's a CNC machine, but it's not a stamped dial. It's actually somewhere in between. That is a. That's a, how do they accomplish hand decorated movement? Yep. So there's a brand created in 2015. We're going with Ophion. How do you the, spell that, please? O-P-H-I-O-N. And you can look up the 786 Velos. So you're looking at something of an accessible high-end watch. 
So you're, so you're going to talk about a case that's made by Kerry Vutelainen, uh, which is a case-making company, um, that they make cases for some of the biggest brands uh, in the world. Um, so Ophion makes their cases directly with Kerry Vutelainen. Yeah. And where are the watches from? Uh, Spain. Spain. They're Spanish, yeah. Uh, you're talking about independent welded teardrop lugs, a guilloche dial. The everything on the dial is actually applied. The screws, the hands, every marker, Breguet style, are thermally blued. God and damn. there's yeah, and the movement um, has a, a hammered finish to it. So the decoration of the actual movement. So it was born in Spain. The watch is made, and it's very clear on it. It is 70% Swiss and 30% German. That is very that transparent. Is That's very cool. Very transparent. That is everything that they're all about uh, in terms of how they actually built their watch. And it has a very nice, uh, it has a very vintage look. It kind of looks like a clock, like a clock-inspired look, right? Oh, yeah. So another guy, Urban Jurgensen, who makes watches for 40, 50,000 bucks, also gets his cases done by Kerry Vultelainen. And they, Ophian also gets it done by Kerry Vultelainen. And Kerry Vultelainen is a case maker. Well, he makes, uh, he makes watches himself, also in the multiple uh, tens of thousands of dollars or euros. So uh, Ophian partnered with Vultelainen and Katten uh, in Switzerland, a company partially owned by Kerry, to make his cases. So the finishing is a bar to none. Uh, you're talking about a 39 millimeter diameter for the nice proportion. It's a dress watch, obviously. Um, the polishing is exceptional. Um, the applied markers, everything's thermally blue. The applied markers give it such depth with a guilloche dial. So uh, the dial itself has things that you wouldn't see in a watch that's under 3000 bucks. So um, you can get one that's uh, Do they make any smooth. profit at all from their watches? Like it looks like they often, they give you a lot. They give you, they give you a, a lot. lot for, for they have three uh, watches the that are there. So the guilloche technique in high-end making is normally there's a hand-controlled machine known as the engine-turning uh, lathe. Uh, so the process starts with gold or silver dial plate. It creates motifs by chiseling into the metal. So it's complex, it's time-consuming, and it takes high skill to actually do this. So this is, um, this is a technique used by Breguet or Kerry Voltenen again by him. So what they did to cut costs is instead of doing a stamp dial or doing it all by hand, which you see with like Vacheron Constante, they use a CNC machine right in between. This is extremely impressive. Yeah, they create a deep shirt texture without the costs of using a hand ex executed uh, turn, uh, turning process. So uh, the watch offers like really high level finish, uh, like watchmaking for a very affordable price. Uh, you're talking about rhodium plated on the blue model, thermally blued on the silver salmon dials for the markers. Um, um, and velos, just so everyone knows, so it, it just means Greek, which means arrow. So if you look at their hour hand, it looks like an arrow. That's kind of the, the idea. So they create this like 3D look to their actual dial. The watch is, is incredible. So the, now let's get to the movement, which you never even thought. You would think it would have a standard Solider ETA at that price, but you'd be wrong. So uh, their watch actually has uh, Geneva striping to it. Uh, the movement is um, produced by Technotime, which is a manufactured by Soprad, which is what you mentioned before about Baltic. Uh, there's a lot to like there. So there's the manually wound movement, so you don't see the actual rotor. You actually see the movement into itself, and you can see that they actually use hammering to actually create the effect on the on the movement. Uh, this is a, on the finishing. This is a lot of uh, watch oh, yeah. for the price. Yeah. So you're looking at design bridges. They're symmetrical layout. Again, how much is a watch like this? The watch itself, you're looking at between two and four thousand bucks. Canadian, right? 
Canadian, yeah, I think it's it's Canadian. You can get it for about three thousand US, so it's about four thousand Canadian. Very very cool. The watch is 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 twenty five hundred eighty euros. So it's you guys nothing. can do the things. So you're for looking. For what it is. Yeah. Do so the no, you I'll do go the through the specs real quick me. again. We said 39 millimeters, 10.4 millimeter in thickness. Stainless steel case that's very polished. Welded teardrop lugs. So it's not like this separate thing. It's all part of the case. Made by Kerry Vutalainen. Dome sapphire crystal, anti-reflective coating, sapphire crystal back. Lug width is 20, 50 meters of water resistance. So it's as good as the speed. You can go to space. Multi-layer dial CNC guilloche in three galvanic colors, meaning it's all thermally blued. It's not painted uh nickel plated hands uh and then you're looking at a four hertz so 28.8 thousand vibrations an hour 26 joules the strap is leather uh alligator as an option and everything under 25 or to 2800 euros for a very high that's a high high quality watch for affordable it's like we're getting ripped off by all the other ones i have never heard of this brand before and you know before this recording yeah. and i'm looking at it uh, it's on my computer eh? it's it's extremely impressive <sighs> really really cool very very and cool, they're very very beautiful yeah they're very very high like they're they're techniques so there you go instead of having they an customize their movements quite a bit too right yep and like you were saying about like what's their gimmick and rec versus yeah. this this one's like no we're gonna make you a high quality case and i like with a high quality watchmaker like carrie Vutalina. like you look at the price and i'm like fuck it's totally justified it's <laughs> actually you get you get probably more than some of the other value let's say mm-hmm. um, value yeah. opportunity yeah. what an opportunity well, but if, if we go back like to Bramont, you're paying for the technology of like it's gonna survive a plane crash yeah exactly so right. there's, <laughs> a, there's a different gimmick a different aspect yeah. around it very so cool. anyway that's my other one I very, very seven cool. minutes uh, yeah, I think yeah, we're good. We, we have. Good. Um, um, I have one more. I have one more. We have 16 minutes overall. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. There we go. So um, in time. My last, my last microbrand uh, uh, choice is, um, I think, quite interesting, and it's a German microbrand. It's called uh, Meister Zinger. The retirement watch. Is it? Have you guys ever heard of Meister Zinger? Yes, I have. I'm sure you have. I call it the retirement watch. It only gives you hours. It's a one hand. It's a one hand watch. watch. Yeah, and they, I call it the retirement watch because it's ish about. 10.50. <laughs> it's an ish. It's an ish watch. When you don't really care about what time it is, yeah. you don't really know, want to know what time yeah. it is. Um, so it's a German brand that was started in 2001 in Munster, Westphalia. Uh, the company founder is Manfred uh, Brassler. He creates his timepieces with a unique cultural and uh, technical tradition of earlier watchmaking. And you, you can see that, you know, like they're, again, extremely vintage inspired. And then if you guys haven't noticed yet, I am quite uh, uh, crushing on you know the vintage style, so I, a lot of my microband decisions are vintage-looking watches. Yeah, it's fair enough. You're old timer. Yeah, yeah, I'm an old timer. I just you wanna 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 <laughs> wanna go back to my childhood, and you know now it's called vintage. Prior to starting Meisterzinger, Manfred has gathered a lot of expertise because he was a, a jeweler in uh, Munich, in Germany. So right from the beginning, he had the idea to go uh, way back to the early days of measuring time and uh, escape the brand environment in which today hundreds of manufacturers struggle for independence and strive for, um, to stand out from the rivals. The, 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 the very unique aspect of their designs is that it's a one-hand watch. They don't have a second hand. It's just a one-hand. Yeah, because um, when you're super rich, you don't need to have any other... But at the end of the day, you don't necessarily need, you don't necessarily need the second hand because the, there's enough markings between the hours for you to kind of know what time it is exactly. 
you don't you don't know it's ish because you can't say yeah. let's say it's like eleven thirty, but it's like eleven thirty or thirty one or twenty nine. It's, it's like retirement watch. It's a retirement watch. It's right? like licking your finger to see where the wind's going. It's a hint, guys. When I retire, I so, want Meister Singer. Me- metaphorically uh, <laughs> you're, you're speaking, you're not going to survive until retirement. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> Someone's going to inherit all my watches. So um, a lot of watches. He he wanted to his watches to look like an original instrument of measurement, uh, you know, like extremely simple. Uh, clear, concentrating on the essentials in design. So just no bullshit, straight. It fits a little bit of that German minimalist kind yes. of design, right? 100%. Uh, all of the watches, they draw inspiration from the early days of watchmaking and uh, the emphasis on the watch it, it being an instrument. Uh, every single watch they have is a, a one-hand um, watch. And that one hand serves the purpose of displaying both hours and minutes. The thing about those watches, they they've been around for twenty years now. They uh, they um, uh, won a lot of awards. Uh, if you guys have heard of Red Dot, uh, yes. multiple watches uh, from Meister Zinger have won uh, the Red Dot Design Award, and they also won a, a German Design Award, and also the European Watch of the Year Award. Many awards were won by these watches. You know my anti-Apple I watch that I own? Yeah. That also won a Red Dot Award from yeah, the SIGA. Yeah, yeah the SIGA, SIGA design, yeah. SIGA! Uh, so one of the, 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 the few, let's say, very popular watches is the Pangea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, you know, like, like a, dress watches. Classic, yes. They, they, most of their watches are dress watches, right? Because they're no-nonsense, one hand. Uh, it's Beautiful. a standard classic, let's say 40 millimeter case. It has like a something that kind of looks like an onion, onion crown. Very beautiful. A very nice um, um, a gradient uh, blue, blue. A dial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sapphire crystal, five bar, you know, so it can go to space, uh, like we always say. Like I always <laughs> say. The, uh, they're quite you expensive. You do the dishes. <laughs> they are, they're quite expensive though, because I believe, you know, well, it's due to the popularity. They, what are they at now? 2,500 bucks. Okay. When uh, I, so maybe Canadian. they went up. When I remember when I discovered it, and it's a Salida SW hundred SW two hundred, not a cost. Same price right? as ours. Not a cost though. Same price as ours. Right, but twenty five hundred is quite a bit. I, I believe it's just because they've been around for a while, and then the, the, they they want design awards. And we have an AD in Montreal. I've had a chance to see them in person. They're really well finished, and I think, I think in anyone, guys, if you're out there and you're if you're looking for something German watch brands in general, they make. Like it's they make really nice watches, whether it's Laco or even in the yeah. affordable range, Aristo or these Young Hands or Yunkers. Yeah, or Stova. Good Stova. They make good watches for their price. Yeah. Anyway, but Meister Singer is just another German um, brand that way. Beautiful, beautiful watches. Uh, very unique design. You don't think? I don't think you can find another watch brand that only makes one hand watches. That's as uh, nice as that. Yeah. It's not. Not necessarily for me. I don't necessarily like the idea of a one hand, but I think it's a worthy mention and it's a fantastic brand overall. There's a cheap brand called, I think it's, right? If you write Uni Modelo, I think they have a one, one-handed one watch. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's a 12-hour scale or 24-hour around the whole hand like the old Raquettas have. I have one of those. But... Um, yeah, it's a very, very nice uh, piece. Yeah, so yeah, that's uh, that's my last uh, um, uh, micro brand. So Kevin, what's... So uh, I'm going to head east or really go west. Doesn't uh, matter because it's... Go the, west or the, head east. Earth is round. Yeah, so. I was about to say, yeah. So Just I'm going back... a direction and go. I'm going to Scotland. I'm going to Scotland. So if you, it's, it's a brand from Glasgow. Uh, they are... So I, I just had something that had crazy... Um, 
watchmaking techniques in the movement and the hands and everything they did. This watch is all about the dial. The brand is called Anordain. Um, they are from Scotland and their whole, the whole kit and caboodle of their watches are all in the dial. So what they're doing is that all of their dials are made of vitreous enamel. So vitreous enamel, also called porcelain enamel, it's a material by fusing powdered glass by, uh, to a substrate by firing. Usually you put it in a keel, uh, like a, an oven at about 850 uh, degrees. So that's how they make uh, plates as well. Yeah. Kind just of a fancy way of saying. So they have the this black, as... this blank dial and they cut a disc from copper, silver, uh, they drill the holes in it on what they actually want it to be uh, so that it doesn't bend in the actual oven. Uh, and then at that point, they ground from a lump of the powder and they apply it on this metal. Uh, so it's made of silica, red lead, or soda ash. And then what they, they put it, the kiln, which essentially this oven is heated to 830 degrees of the powder. And then they put it in there. And then what it does is that it literally cooks and then you'll sometimes see it bubble, you'll see it come out, and then, then they have to refine it. They start painting it, and what comes out is this beautiful, uh, vitreous, shiny enamel dial. So the Seiko Presage has an enamel dial that they have that runs at about 1600 bucks. So these Anordains are all at about 1300 bucks US. So you're looking a little bit close to 2000 bucks. They have 950 pounds is what I'm seeing here. They make incredible dials to their watches their finishing's crazy and uh their watches they're all regulated and tested so if they don't forget about their movements they regulate and tested in about six positions over 48 hours so they can tell you in this position it's losing two seconds in this position is gaining five seconds that sort of thing so you're not going to get a watch that they just forgot entirely about the movement uh but the watches themselves come with these incredible incredible dials and the one thing that i will that i'll say about this this as a micro brand because uh, they have other ones that are now at like 1,700 pounds where they have these like really fume dials that have really gradients, not just one piece of enamel. You cannot find another brand out there that does what they do. Seiko has an enamel dial, but they're white. Yeah. There are no other brands that go and give you the color scheme that Anordain does. It is, they pop, they will give you something you will never see in another watch. And if you read about them and you hear about their uh, watchmaking process, they're talking about... It took them days to create one dial because they have to cook it then they have to look at it, quality control, then they paint it, see how it dries, The finishes. dials are beautiful. They are incredible. And, and the one thing is that the reason I'm bringing it out there is not say, oh, this is bang for your buck. No, I'm giving you a brand that is 100% unique. You will never find something out there. And they give you, um, I know we're talking about design when it comes to these. But, um, sorry, I'm kind of burping here. We're drinking too much. But uh, you're talking about a watch that... Um, they, they tr the hands are treated by heat, the numerals and indices, uh, the case in itself, that this bespoke uh, in case engraving on the back that you can choose the strap you want, and they put it in an ETM movement. So even though it may be base as a movement, you're like, whatever, you're not paying for that, you're paying for the dial. Is it a base ETA or is it like a I don't know what elaborate? Grade. I don't know what grade. There's like three, four grades, right? I think it could be the base, but even then, that's not what you're paying for. Right. Uh, that when, dial is if, uh, gorgeous. If you read... If you read and, and, and not only that the dial is gorgeous and the color, you have to read up on how they prepare the dial. It's really intense. Like they have, they go through all these processes to like create the powder, put it on and they cook it. Then they clean it yeah. all up. It's really elaborate. So Very they nice. really put their, their, their heart and soul in it. 
Anne Ordain, look him up. Uh, I think if it's if it's for you, if that's what you want, something that's like, wow, this is really handcrafted. A lot of uh, of uh, of love that goes into this watch. It's not about the movement, not about watchmaking. It's about something unique, and there's uh, no one out there like them. Excellent. I I'm honestly, we have finished talking about our micro brands. Uh, I have one question for you guys. Yes. So of everything that we're here, if there is a watch we're going to buy now, I I'll give you mine. I am not going to get ejected from some fucking plane, but I really want a Bremont now. <laughs> I yeah. really want, hearing that, I was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it, uh, in terms of, let's say, affordability. Which is the one that you were looking at that you're saying, I really want a micro brand now? Um, the one you were researching. Would you, like, would you ask, let's say, like the one that I've changed my mind about or the one that really grew on me from the ones? Well, uh, from your research. Which uh, is the one you're like, oh my God. Because one, you said it in the text, you said, God, I really want a micro brand now. So I didn't know anything about Ferrer. Yeah, in general, like and I went from nothing to like, wow, I really have a lot of respect for them now. Yeah. Because I knew about Baltic and I knew about Ming, yeah. so I kind of reassured myself that yes, they are worthy Amazing, of yeah. following. But right? you discovered Ferrer But Ferrer came process. from nothing into like, wow, I really want yeah. a, a watch from them. I reaffirmed the same with Ophion. I would be like, I'd buy an Ophion if I can. I reaffirmed myself, but I, I, I I'll didn't. be honest, I think uh, from every single uh, brand that we discussed in this first ever two-part episode that we've done, right? Yeah. Uh, all of them are fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Like, Rec is... And Very super cool. interesting, super yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, and Norden you were talking about that right now is amazing. Yeah. Monta was fantastic, yeah. right? Um, uh, the uh, um, Anonimo. Yeah. Very interesting. Bronze cases. And like yeah. the ones that I was talking about, like I really want to get myself that sector dial Baltic. It's not oh, yeah. very expensive. And the Dufresne watch I really want. Yeah, Dufresne's really but cool. But then I, I really want to I want a fair. So what do you, you want? want? All like, of them. Yes, yes. <laughs> just <laughs> set them all yes. in. Which one of those watches <laughs> do you want? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. For, for so me, guys, this is... Uh, yeah, for me, I would go with Bremont as well. Yeah. I think the history behind it and just the way they build their watches... But you're like that. Bremont is very cool. You know, I was telling him in, in the podcast about Bremont, I was saying like, you know, I, I think Carl always talks about cars because they're emotional, mechanical products, you know? And I think that's why he always brings it to cars, just like watches. So I'm not surprised that you uh, you went with Bremont and Rec and, yeah. <laughs> and Anonimo as a diamond. Rec is very cool. I, I like that concept. I, it's it's, it's, it's their, super interesting. Their, their gimmick. So guys, this was a extremely successful two-part episode. I, I really I enjoyed it. I've yeah. learned a lot and I never really learned things. We wind it down? Yes. Should we, yeah? Okay. Yes. So, guys, if you like this episode, look us up, Big Black Clock Official, on our Instagram account. Send us your ideas. Did we miss in microbands that we should have been talking about? Some that you would like to, so to have talked about? We'll be happy to mention it. If you want to send us suggestions, uh, you can reach out to us at bigblackclockteam at gmail.com. You can send your full nudes to Carl this dick year. Pics. That's his resolution. Don't forget the dick pics. And for Dimitri, any type of money, Western Union, yeah. Bitcoin. Uh, honestly, I'm easy, easy. Anything that's liquid, any liquid asset. Your gift cards just, from just Target. And for sure. me, if you have any watches you want us Subway to Subway coupons, at. I accept everything. <laughs> just give it to me. So, you know, guys, it's a tough time out there. So be good to each other. And for those of you like myself who are perpetually buying watches, happy hunting. Till next time.